0: This is part three of the Music Therapy Chronicles year-in review series for 2021. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Kayati, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Today is our last part of our year in review series. We are rounding out the year 2021, and I don't want to sound cliche, but I think I'm still stuck in the beginning of 2020. (laughs) So the fact that we are starting another year continues to baffle my mind. I hope I don't sound like a broken record, but. that's truly just how I feel. But listening back to some of these conversations was such a great way to break the time warp for me. Some of these episodes I didn't realize came from this year, or listening back to them to create these compilations just made the information stick so much more for me. So I hope you enjoy uh, how I've put them all together. Don't forget, Um, Or if you missed parts one and two, please check those out as well because they're they're exactly what it says, a year in review. It's so cool to see everything that's been able to happen on the show in this year. And I'm so grateful for the guests making the time to talk with me and share with you, the listeners. I'm so grateful for you listening to the show each week and supporting us um, for subscribing, for following us online, for checking out our pod courses, for joining the self-care community if you have all that awesome stuff, it really helps doing this side of things be more invigorating, honestly, Um, because otherwise it's just me and a microphone, (laughs) and sometimes that can be a drag, but not today. Today is an exciting day, and we're going to hear from Casey Soros, Veda Hingert, Alyssa Stone, Lindsey Brian Podvin, and Diva Paskowskis. So I hope you are excited to hear the snippets from my conversations with these amazing uh, individuals. And if you want to hear their entire episodes, links to everything will be in the show notes. I did my internship at a state hospital, uh, and my supervisor from day one was very adamant about many of the people we work with, you know, you're going to see them and interact with them, and they're going to present as a person with schizophrenia, or a person with bipolar disorder, or any number of mental health labels, and... She was very clear that a vast majority of these um, conditions, for lack of a better phrase, are a result of trauma. And mm-hmm. when I'm looking at the people that I'm working with every day, I can't just see them as a person with schizophrenia and try to work with that. I need to see that there is an entire history that led to this present moment and to be aware of that. So just like you said, I'm not causing harm and I'm not perpetuating this cycle that they've been in because majority of the people, professionals they've been working with, did not come from a trauma-informed uh, background yeah. or perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that research wasn't even there when most of their doctors and clinicians were studying. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. You said your supervisor uh, would they present as somebody with mm. bipolar. or it's, it's so fascinating to me. I these are also fighting words uh, <laughs> I think mean, the DSM can be whack. like I just I really hate sometimes putting labels on yeah. um you know like certain diagnoses and things like that and I think if we look at our clients more from the perspective of the tra- not necessarily the trauma it doesn't even need we don't even need to know what the experience is mm. or was but the, the idea that their body is Simply stuck in the survival response. Mm. And it's therefore manifested into these different symptoms that we, you know, call bipolar or that we call schizophrenia or whatever. You know, somebody who experienced a really traumatic situation um, might still be in their body. And that's their you know, fight or flight freeze response, playing it out over and over and over again. And then, you know, we see that as aggressive behaviors or, I don't know, like depression coming out and, you know, like so many different labels we call and the root is that autonomic state that we're in. Mm.
0: Yeah, my favorite, because it's my least favorite, is oppositional defiance disorder.
1: (sighs) Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I hope everyone who's listening to this it. had a, a gut reaction to hearing yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You, so you mentioned the web and like all these different people included in that. So can you expound on that more and the the ecosystem? Like, I love that word in this context, but I also I just want to hear more about what you think about that ecosystem. Sure.
2: Yeah, I think, well, that that really came from um, I've been studying permaculture, mm-hmm. which is like the. Um, It's like a sustainable form of agriculture that involves like a lot of perennials and um, basically involves learning how natural ecosystems work and interact and designing similar ecosystems that also benefit people like growing food, um, but in a way that's sustainable and, and has everybody important involved which is all of the wildlife and all of the soil microbes and you know healthy soil and um whatever all this sort of stuff um so i i sort of fell in love with that for a million reasons and one of them that i think is significant here is that um as i was sort of getting deeper into environmental activism i was sort of encountering a lot of the very like negative forward type of activism, like don't um, go on an airplane and like don't have a carbon footprint, like do as little as you can to mitigate the like inherent harm that you as a person do. And I think I was sort of buying into that for a while, but I, I think I'm just not interested in being part of something that the main message is you're a bad person and you have to do as little as you can rather than there's something you can do. That's like really beautiful and you have a lot of power, Um, which I found in permaculture that, that like you as a person have the power not only to do less harm, but do a lot of good in restoring ecosystems and growing food for your neighbors and, Um, learning about the world around you and feeling more connected with it and Mm -hmm. I think to me and there's a million ways that environmental stuff can be done and I don't want to you know put anybody's method down I think it's all it all has a place for sure but I think the place that I found myself most interested in personally is um, that sort of like what can we do to have people feel more empowered, that they have actually a really strong capacity to do amazing things, including um, you know in environmental scenarios.
3: if that's not your jam, that's totally cool. No big deal. Like do what you got to do. I think therapists in general, I hate to put box just music therapists in because we co-treat with OTs and SLPs. And I, you know, all my friends essentially are therapists and teachers. No one's making big, big bucks. Mm. So if you don't really, it's not that I want to make no money in it, because I love it so much. I want both things to be true. But when you're not making six figures and you know this this financial amount that you really probably could be making in corporate America where you're gonna be miserable but you're gonna be making lots of money mm-hmm. if you're miserable and making no money you're like well I'm gonna go do that so I at least want people to be like I'm making enough money to live or I'm making money more money than I need to live by at least a little bit and I love the heck out of everything I'm doing and I'm pretty mm-hmm. psyched to go to work most days. Not every day is perfect. I'm sure, you know, there's some days my employees will be like, Alyssa is psycho, like, oh my gosh. Um, but I we wanna love it because it's exhausting. And if you don't and if you don't love it, I'm gonna put this out here for music therapists. If you don't love it, leave it. Yeah. Like you're not gonna magically love it. I see so many therapists applying for jobs that have been at one place for a year or two, then another place, then another place, and they've kind of done everything. And, I'm, and they're like, I'm just not sure what I want to do. I'm like, it may not be this. Mm-hmm. like This may not be it. And I know you got the degree in it. You spent all that money. And that's like, there's other things you can do because this is what it, this is what it is. I don't know how it's else to grind. put it. Right, right, it, right. And it that doesn't change unless you're an administrator. And then I'm going to be honest as the administrator, it's a whole other grind yeah. that you also might not like. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. I give you permission if you're listening and you're saying, I don't know if I want this. That's okay. Explore that. Sit with it a little more and, and trust that maybe you need to leave it behind and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But if you do love it, find a place that makes you love it more.
4: What I often ask clients when I first meet them is like, tell me your money story. Tell me about your relationship with money. And most of the time, people need a little bit of prompting, like, "What? Do you, like, I pay my bills. Is that what you mean? I'm like, no. So when I ask people, what is your money story? What? What is your relationship with money? What I'm trying to get at is, what do you believe money is and isn't? Meaning, what are you allowed to spend money on, save money for, invest in? shop for, own, give, donate, etc. cetera, all of the things you think you are, should be doing with money or are allowed to do with money. Um, and also thinking about what does it feel like when you actually engage with your finances, when you check to see if your paycheck was deposited or when you log into your retirement account and look at those numbers or when you have to sit down and dig through all of your receipts to file taxes, what are the physical sensations that come up in your body? What are the thoughts that race through your ha- your head? Are you like, oh my gosh, I just can't wait to get this over. This is so uncomfortable. Are you feeling pretty cozy about things? Are you feeling surprised? Start just tracking, like we do with so many of our clients. You know, what's going on when this thing happens? What's going on when you get these like tantrums or these outbursts? Oh well, A, B, and C happened first. So really, just starting to check in with yourself to see what your relationship with money is like so you can work on whether or not it's working for you or not. And what I mean by that is if it's working for you, you are able to look at your money and understand with confidence and competence that you are in control of your money and your money is not in control of you. You are purposely and intentionally saying this money goes towards these bills, this money goes towards my retirement, this money goes towards taxes or charity. You are the one in control of where your money is going. Um, And if it feels way out of control for you, if it it feels like your money is kind of this big thing looming over you, that's probably a sign it's time to engage in your relationship with money. And a big misconception about having a healthy relationship with money is that in our culture, we are kind of told that the more money you have, the better your relationship with money will be, mm. right? So yeah. it's, it's like, well, when you get that pay raise, you'll feel better. When you move into that nice neighborhood, everything will be easier, right? We're kind of sold on this idea that money fixes the way you feel about particular things. And as you know, I'm a proponent of, yes, we absolutely need money to take care of ourselves and have an overflow. And at the same time, having more money without addressing what we think about money won't make our uncomfortable feelings about money go away.
5: Yeah, and it's... You know, coming back to that clinical sense, it's like yes, the goals are there. Yes, we know what we're working towards, and that is part of our intention as well. But Mm -hmm. how can we be present? I also ask to be present and in the moment, right? Uh, I'm sure a lot of us do that to meet people where they're at, right? That's what we're doing. And and that the highest good, that language is something I've learned through my Reiki practice. But it's essentially that like first do no harm idea, right? Um, and, and that's always the intention with Reiki. You know, that can be a ritual to do, you know, before going into session or any time of the day, or you can take it further, right? You can stay in that meditative space further um, or do it before playing music for yourself. You can have music in the background. Sometimes I'll, I'll feel called to like just uh, tone, you know, vocalize during that kind of thing. And, and uh, it can just be a way to open up an experience for your own self-care.
0: thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode and listen to our episodes each week listen to this year in review series i hope you have enjoyed it and um yeah i have enjoyed the show this this year in general if you do listen and and like what you hear please leave us a review it's honestly just nice for me to know that um People are enjoying this content and it also helps the podcast to be more visible so more people can find the podcast when they need a pick-me-up, when they're driving in their car and they're feeling down, when they need professional resources, all that good stuff. So please also consider um, sharing with a friend or taking a screenshot and tagging us on social media We're at Music Therapy Chronicles on all the platforms. I'd love to hear what you're listening to and what your thoughts are let's keep the conversation going. As we round out um, the year, I hope that you are feeling hmm, calm and loved and supported. And I just want you to know I'm so grateful for you listening to this show of all the different things you could be doing with your time, of all the podcasts out there. Thank you for being here and I, I wish I could give you all, all a little hug, <laughs> truthfully. I wish I could just give you a, a voice hug. So hmm. I hope you have a wonderful and safe and energetic new year. And I will see you on the flip side. <laughs>